Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. And thank you so much for coming this evening. We have Miss Anna Carson with us. She is the author for this evening, and you can grab her book, Triggering Fear, on the link that we have below, as well as on her website and other places on Amazon. So let's, before we jump into all of that, let's jump into this. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light, and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. And we're back. So welcome, everybody. Thank you for those that have been popping up here live this evening. Please share with share with us where you're from where you're popping up and drop in those comments if you have any questions throughout this podcast please put them down because we would be happy to answer them tonight we have miss anna carson and she's gonna be talking about her book her new book it was just released in april of this year of 2022 and it is called triggering fear so welcome to the show miss anna how are you i'm doing good and i appreciate being here Awesome, awesome. Looks like we've got our first people to show up here. Hello, April. Hello, Anna. Thank you so much for popping up here and being here live with us this evening. Um, so big question. Looks like that this author, <laughs> as as you are the author, you're thinking about, hmm, how can I share this story? So what was the catalyst that that you felt like I need to tell the story? What was it for yourself? Right. Well, in about 2014, 2015, I literally felt like it was a calling from God that I needed to share my story. And at this time, the, you know, the most major thing that had happened, of course, was the domestic abuse that I had lived through. And but I didn't talk about it. Not hardly anybody knew anything about it. And so I went to try to write and got a few words down and just could not. And I realized there were things I had blocked out over the years. And um, so skip ahead to last year and I had lost a, my oldest son in a tragic car accident and raising a couple more teenagers and then a mentally disabled child. And I was really having a tough, we'd had a tough day with the youngest, the disabled one. And, you know, I felt like I had gone through domestic abuse, kidney transplants, cancer three times, the loss of my son. And through all of this, I never questioned why was I having to do it? And I had faith that God was going to take care of it. But this one night after just such a horrible night with my daughter, I was down in the floor praying out loud. And I'm not a, you know, very vocal prayer. I kind of do it within, you know, my own self, my own heart. And, um, but I mean, I was just screaming out to God because I felt like I was at wit's end and was like, why, you know, I never questioned why through all these other things, why, what lesson am I missing in having to raise her and be so violent, you know, towards the family. And it was just, you know, as clear as anybody else talking, it was like, he said, you never did what I told you to do. And I knew immediately it was the book. 
And I actually wrote two books. The first one is mostly about the domestic violence and I wrote it in one night. And um, the second book, I waited it a week or two and was able to get it written in just a few nights. So um, definitely think it was a calling from God because somebody, I have various stories and somebody either knows somebody going through these things or is going through them, them themselves. Wow, really, really impactful to think about writing all of this in just a few, you know, really think about it, hours, right? Mm -hmm. in, in less time in a week, two books written out. And I, we know that there's a process to getting them to all of you out yeah. there. Mm -hmm. But wow, the content right there and feeling that calling from God, thinking. <sighs> so I have a question for you. As you were writing those within those few hours or a few nights, mm -hmm. what happened? Um, I actually sat up through the night. So, I mean, it was like I wasn't sleeping. And when I wrote about the domestic abuse, it's like it was the best therapy. You know, I, I have mentioned that to other people that have been through it. And I refused for the longest to go see a therapist. And in the time that I had reached out to one to make an appointment to discuss things, I wrote this book and then it was kind of like, Okay, well, I don't. I can check that off the list. I feel like this book is exactly what I needed to say everything that I had been holding in. And again, I felt like it was very impactful to help other people in any type of situation that requires you to have a plan to get out, um, the means to get out. You have to have the desire to want to get out. Um, any situation like that, but that one that you have to depend on God to help you through. Oh, yes, for sure. And in that writing, was there a point where you felt maybe a connection with God where maybe he was like, finally, you're doing <laughs> what I asked you to do? Yes. Is there anything like that? Most definitely. I mean, when it was, and like I said, when I wrote the first one, it was like, I had, I knew in that first time that I felt like God was telling me to do it, that it was mainly about the domestic violence, but then to not share everything else he's seen me through since seemed like the story wasn't finished. And I just kept going with all he had done for me. Wow. What a praise and glory there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, this is something really to discuss because it, it can fall on either side of the fence. Sometimes um, people who have experienced trauma, abuse, you could put out a list out there. They, they have a belief in God. They have been praying. They've been asking for things to stop, to help, to get out. And sometimes it feels like God is quiet up there, like no, no answers are coming. Then there's another part where I, I, share, some, I share a similar experience with you. I never doubted or lost my faith i knew god was with us the whole time but all these terrible things kept happening and then it comes up to the question if you believed in a god he wouldn't allow these things to happen mm -hmm. and i'm like oh in my experience <laughs> everyone has the ability to choose right and wrong and those that make those wrong choices that impact you yeah, it's going to impact you. My faith in God is not that he's going to stop everything and stop 
everyone from making those decisions because that's how they're also going to learn right. <laughs> and how you are going to learn because you don't mm -hmm. have to stay and, and take it. So right. where we fall on these pieces of, you know, of belief or not belief, did anyone question your belief in God or, or ask you something similar? Like if you really believed, if you really believed, how could all these things happen to you? What would you respond with that? Right. And I've had people say that they don't believe that God, you know, he is only a God of love and he wouldn't put us through those things. But, you know, my belief is different. I believe the Bible says, you know, he is a vengeful and jealous God and a God of wrath. And so I believe that, you know, and he never promised us an easy road. And and even though my road may seem just insurmountable to some people, I've always had the belief that there's somebody out there that has it worse than me, no matter what I'm going through. Um, we could look around and, and some people are silent about it and some are not. Um, but I never, I never just, I think when it did start with the domestic abuse, and I think we all probably are to this point, you know, we're quick to pray when something's not going right. But we're not as quick to pray to praise him for what's what is going right. And so I can say, looking back on living through the domestic abuse, I think a lot of those prayers were, yes, I had faith, but they were more prayers of desperation. You know, I was sleeping at night with a loaded gun at my temple. And, you know, it was there were nights of praying, you know, don't let me sneeze don't let me have to get up and go to the restroom because i was afraid the least movement would wake him up and i'd get shot and so a lot of those like i said even though i had that faith it definitely was more prayers of desperation whereas when he safely got me out of that and i went through all these other significant chapters of my life it was more prayers of like i know he's going to take care of this you know not not even feeling like I had to ask. It was more like, I have faith that you're going to deliver. Wow. Incredible faith. And thinking about that, that those fearful moments of sleeping with such intense fear. Mm -hmm. And you know, here, here's the thing, right? When we're in these situations, we are the only one that can decide when the time is right to leave. Uh, meaning you know, your friend, your support system, all of those networking pieces together are so important. And no matter what they say, like today's the day, how about now? How about now? You know yourself when, and I think that's because of the connection with God. And he gives us that moment, that window, the opportunity, mm -hmm. you can fill in the blank. And those times are so important to know. So I, I hope that supporters out there, please network, support, help for sure. But remember that people like myself, like Anna, we knew when the time was right. And be patient <laughs> because we don't, this is a double negative, double negative. <laughs> we don't not leave because we don't not know it's right to leave. Mm -hmm. We are waiting for the time when it allows us 
the best opportunity to still be alive after we leave. Definitely. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so be those supporters, be out there, help. Um, if you're the one that you're just listening and I'm allowing somebody to vent, great. If you're the one that holds the, the special bag, if you are the one that is picking up the kids when you get the phone call, do your job like, like a first responder. Don't question, don't ask, because Anna knew when the time was right. I knew when the time was right. And so if that's anything that could be really clear for tonight's podcast, that'll be awesome. So we've talked a lot about the, the connection with God for yourself and helping you to go through all of the challenges that happen in life. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us maybe in one of the experiences you've had how you knew that god was there for you um actually when i did get away i was having health issues and had not put it together that it was because of the abuse and i wound up in kidney failure and almost died on my 21st birthday and as i was laying there i don't know i would call it an out-of-body experience i mean it wasn't it wasn't like I went and saw part of heaven or anything like that, but it was like I could see myself like I was floating above myself, looking at down at the hospital bed and I could see my parents praying over me and I felt such peace and felt God there. And, you know, in the hospital, I was kind of like, why, you know, why am I going through this now? I just got out of this abusive relationship and now I'm going through this. What's it about? And in that moment, and, you know, some people may read it and believe it. Some may not, but I know it happened just as clear as day. God showed me what I had done in the past or, you know, some might say something I didn't do. Um, that was the reason I was there. And it was because in a, there was a moment I had that I could have killed him in self-defense and my reason for stopping was that i said he'll win because i'll go to jail and god showed me in that hospital room that my thought should have been thou shalt not kill and that wasn't i didn't look to god for the answer i was justifying why i shouldn't do it in other ways wow very very impactful how he teaches you um, it's, it's a really interesting, um, relationship that you have with Heavenly Father, with God, with Christ. And, you know, knowing that it, it is that backlash thinking true. It, it would have been self-defense true. Like you could fill in the blanks of true, 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 but that's still stuck with you, right? To, right. to yes. pause. And even though maybe the commandment didn't come up of thou shalt not kill, you still had the pause, which was just mm-hmm. enough minute to to come back and to think and then be blessed with the experience of, of something in near death to remember that all life is precious, no matter what. There was a time that I remember very well where I had been trying to help and help my, my first husband and the abuse and this back and forth in the cycle. And I remember thinking, what could I do more? What, you know, because I was taking my my vows very, very seriously. 
and it just stopped similar to you there was that feeling of listening and saying you are not the savior he's my son too let go mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the moment of just being quiet for a minute and lots of this happening because i didn't realize that's uh, the whole relationship had warped into this just strange thing of survival and you're not making you're not making good choices and wow so those moments where we can be still and literally you in a hospital bed with kidney failure were very still to start to receive maybe some more strength that the opportunity of look you didn't kill anybody so you don't have that on you and mm-hmm. now it's time that you can you know experience these heal. other things and heal right so what was in your healing pro- your healing process what helped you the most oh wow you know i really avoided it for years uh like i said didn't want to talk about it didn't want to um even remember it as i wrote the book i was writing things that i blocked out and maybe that was the first time they were really coming back to mind um but i think oh let's see i'm just there's i mean there's so many things i can looking back at how i healed like i said writing the book was definitely key um you know, losing my son, you think going through a domestic abuse relationship is the toughest thing you're going to go through. And then I've been through all the since. But I remember when I lost my son, another God moment was, you know, just laying and crying, crying in the shower. You know, us women, we like to cry in the shower. Uh, It's very uh, therapeutic to me. And I remember at some point thinking, I can't be selfish. God gave his son why am I any better? You know, not that, of course, my son, I'm not saying in any means compares to the Savior, but in my grief, that was one thing that really made me think God willingly gave his son for us. So what right do I have to have pity because I've lost mine? Wow, the impact of of losing a child what are some of the lessons you've learned from that? Definitely, like I said, I've always tried to be positive. So even in his death, um, you know, I see that the kids grieve differently. So it was kind of watching them and their cues of like, how are they wanting to grieve so that I'm not pushing them all to grieve the same way or showing them that they shouldn't grieve outwardly. Um, So, but I think too, with that, another very important thing to me is, you know, you go to a funeral and especially of your child, it's very sad, but through it all, God gave me the peace that somebody was in that church for that funeral and heard a preacher that may never ever be in church again, that may have never been in church. And you don't have to go to church to get saved and find God, you know, to have your belief in him. Um, You know, you can hear it from testimonies of other people that have found God 
And um, so I found a lot of peace in that, just knowing that if one person that was in that church could find God as a result of that funeral, then it was worth it, you know. Right. We never know the the seeds that are planted, the the lives that are touched. And there, there's a hymn that I really enjoy where it says, each life that touches ours for good. And you just think about, we, we never will see the scope and impact exactly. till way later mm-hmm. what happens. And, you know, when, when youth or when people who are younger pass, they're, they're, the grief is what, what, what loss and maybe they were, you know, scheduled to do all these great things in the future and the potential feels like it was cut short. And then you can reverse that and think, well, maybe they need to be called up there so that he could help and bless so many of the people as those angels and as answers to prayer for, for other people, you know, those that believe that there is life beyond that, that it's just part of the transition where the spirit never, never dies. The body is laid, the spirit continues on forever. So that there is a lot of peace in that and hope that it's not just ended here. There's right. so much more beyond. Yeah, very true. Sure. So with, with tonight, what is it that you would love to share with the listeners with this story that feels like they could connect with you and you can help them through reading both books. You can see running mm-hmm. on the ticker underneath. We've got triggering fear and you've got, I, I know I posted that on triggering the, faith. I've got both of them right here. So both of them. there they go. Fear, fear and triggering faith. Triggering faith. So what what is it you'd like to share with us with the triggering faith tonight? Like I said, I think with triggering fear, you see more where I was having those prayers of desperation, even though I believed, but that grew in triggering faith. And like I said, it kind of details me going through kidney failure and multiple transplants, multiple diagnoses of cancer, the loss of my son, you know, not being able to have biological children and us just the journey of even doing foster care. And then my biggest kind of at the end, my biggest question, I felt like I got through all those things and never wavered on my faith. But then after my son died and my daughter was still causing so many issues because of her disabilities, just I felt like that was the first time that I really questioned, why are you putting me through this? What am I supposed to learn? And so whether again, it's hopefully each story is a it could be for non-believers that maybe are struggling to say, is there a God? Um, Or maybe like most Christians, we all kind of get relaxed at times and we do need that strength in our faith. Um, I definitely think the books, both books are good for that. But regardless of what anyone's situation is, and they're not going to be the exact same as mine. You may have one that's the same, um, but you know, you may go through depression or addiction, things that I haven't really faced, but they're still just as serious a struggle for you. And, you know, you have to have that faith in God, that desire to end the situation you're in and know that he can bring you out on the other side. 
right? It's that bringing through the other side mm -hmm. and hope, right? There, there is more to to the to the now to to the pain of everything that's happening right now. There has to be hope in a future, and if we are thinking about that future, the the light becomes brighter, right? We yes. then can shine. We can shine out ourselves and help other people to connect in and shine. As long as we have breath, we have light, and no matter the grief and the pain that happens, there are moments. And if we can learn how to work through the moments and find and rekindle the light again, like you have through mm -hmm. the triggering fear has become triggering faith, there's so much more wealth in your own life. Right. And that's really powerful. Very, very powerful. Well, thank you so much, um, Anna, for being a part of the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. And thank you. Um, all I can see is Facebook user popping up here, but thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for also commenting that you knew yourself when the time was right. And it was very, very clear for, mm -hmm. for this listener tonight. And, and that is true. When, when the clarity happens, we hope you take the action and get out because there's so much more of life to happen. The focus isn't about domestic violence. The, the focus is on the, the healing journey afterwards, the, mm -hmm. the ability to, to find more light and, and help others. And maybe something you have to say, you've written down, somebody will read and pick up and it will be that triggering moment for them to change and to make the story that they've been sharing in a cycle, finish that chapter, it's time to start anew and go forward, right? Mm -hmm. So thank you, everybody, for being here and being a part of it. So, thank Anna, you. with these last few minutes, anything else you'd like to share before we close up? No, I just really appreciate the opportunity. And like you said, even though I want the story to be more than just domestic abuse, you know, if you are in that situation, one thing I was really bad about was holding it in. Find some support, even if it's your best friend, just to let them know what's going on so that if anything happens or like you said, if that plan is when I call, I need you to pick the kids up or, you know, you have to have that financial ability to start over somewhere else. So, you know, I just urge everybody that it's not going to change unless you make it change. That's right. Make those changes. There's so many of us here to give that support. And if you need more opportunities to understand how to do that, we'll drop some more links down here below. And everyone, go out there, grab Anna's book, Triggering Fear and Triggering Faith. <laughs> and, you know, get there, get that on Amazon and help her to share this message out across the world. Thank you, everybody, for being here. And we'll see you soon. Bye, Thank everybody. Thank you. Bye.